Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. the Indigo 108 takeover of the Be Real podcast. I am Liz Bueller-Walker and I'm the Director of Health and Well-Being at Be Well Psychotherapy. And I run the program Indigo 108, which we will talk more about during this episode, but I'm just so happy and thrilled to be able to do this podcast and to interview the very first guest that we're having on for the takeover somebody that the listeners may know already. So I want to go ahead and welcome Diana Gasparoni. Hi, Diana. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. It's so nice. How are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm here. I'm actually in the offices today. (laughs) And uh, so that's fun. I'm over here in uh, the Hoboken Satellite with Monkey. Yeah, it's nice and quiet over here today, so it's really nice. You know, I have to say, I've really been enjoying coming to the Hoboken offices, and um, I come in usually once a week, and I get to see you there and some of the therapists there, and it's real. the offices are really beautiful for everyone who's listening, and it's fun to um, get to know Hoboken a little bit because I live in Brooklyn, so that's been really nice these last few weeks. I'm glad you're comfortable here. It's really like got a nice chill vibe in here. I like it. Yeah. So one of my smartest moves recently was to bring you on as the director of health and well-being. (laughs) So I'm super excited about this takeover and uh, you and what's happening with the program. Okay. Go on. I'm I'm not, I'm sitting back grabbing my tea and not being in charge. So I'm (laughs) You're doing a great job. I really like, I really, this is, this is out of my comfort zone. It's super good for me and I love it. So I'm like trying not to sit, not to figure out what comes next. All right. Well, I'm about to kind of throw you a curveball here. So maybe that'll help, but I'm so happy that uh, you feel that bringing me on to the team was one of your smartest moves. And we're going to talk more later on in the episode about some of your other really genius moves that you've been making lately. But before we get really into any of that, I just want to give you a chance to introduce yourself in a way that maybe you haven't introduced yourself on the podcast to the listeners in the past. So just tell us a little bit about who you are, 
what makes you who you are. You know, in the Indigo 108 program, we, we use yoga and mindfulness and we look at you and your living through the lens of Ayurveda, the Indian life science. And so I know that you are familiar with all of these modalities. So if you share with us also what your dominant doshas are, if you want to share your astrological sign or your Enneagram or any of those things that um, these frameworks or lenses that sometimes we get to know ourselves through. But just tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, that's so fun. Okay. Well, I am Pitta Dominant with some heavy influenced Kapha in there. As far as my dosha, it's fall. So I am being also guided by Vata. And I am my... My astrological sign, I am a double Virgo, sun and mm. moon, and my mm. rise, which is just no surprise to people who know me, but my rising sign is Sagittarius. In my Ayurvedic reading, my Vedic reading with Sarah Tomlinson, we found out that I was guided as a, it came up that I was a warrior to bring four people that I my was to bring information and bring people together and uh, stand behind them and like really get people working, moving, whatever the case may be. That was like my role was just sort of like as a warrior out there in the world, like fighting for people. And which I thought was really uh, kind of spot on. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest of four. So all the Virgo and all the parentified go together. Um, let's see what else about me. I, we know that I'm a business owner and we know that I'm a psychotherapist and we know that I used to be a yoga teacher. Yeah. Um, I'm a partner and a dog mom. Every room in my house is a hit of hot pink in it. There's something hot pink in my house everywhere. That's a good, that's a really good tidbit right there. It's either a pillow or a rug, something there's like preferably in velvet. Um, and I, and I prefer velvet furniture over all furniture and jewel tones, even though I only wear black. (laughs) You know, I love that you bring that up, that that was one of the things that sort of identifies you because, um, color matters, right. And texture Mm -hmm. matters. This is when we're doing this work with, um, looking at the ways that, everything in our lives can kind of support who we are, right? The hot pink makes sense that your pitta for the listeners, pitta is um, the pitta dosha or constitution is dominated by fire. So that kind of like fiery pink, bright color. Also Mm -hmm. anything beautiful is really nice for a pitta type person to have around. And then that soft velvety feel that you like also sort of like softens and brings you into that kapha more gentle place. So I love um, that opening share that you just did. And I think it's really cool. And thank you for bringing the colors in. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like speaking of Ayurveda and looking at all these different parts of life and how we can be supported in being who we are leads me to Indigo 108 and why we started this program. You and I had a conversation, but you had been thinking about this for quite a while. So briefly tell us what it was about these practices and this program that you were sort of envisioning and imagining and why you felt like it was important to add it uh, specifically to be well and the work that you were already doing there. Okay. Well, when I originally, I can go, I'll go back to the 
to the original roots and then uh, how it came up most recently. I was, I studied uh, yoga and psychology in tandem uh, from the time I went back to college until I, and was teaching yoga. That's how I, uh, that's how I paid the rent as an undergrad student and also as a graduate student. And as an undergrad, I was a Eastern philosophy and psych major, double major. Mm-hmm. So they've always lived in my mind together as I was studying. So that it made sense. As I started to really deep dive into yoga, that was going to be the way that I was going to go. I was, I was going to be a yoga teacher. This was going to be it. And then my superego got in the way for, we can look up superego later. And I wanted uh, like the piece of paper degree. So I was like, how can I, what would be the, what would be the closest thing to teaching that would really serve people in this, in the way that I believe yoga, teaching yoga and bringing yoga to people. And it was through talk therapy and which I was also doing at the same time mm-hmm. for years. I called it yoga off the mat that like, it was just another way to move through the sludge of life, the thoughts in your mind. I mean, yoga and meditation, the, I'm a firm believer and I always have been that the body, keep, the body definitely keeps the score, just like right. the book says. And that, right. uh, your feelings are trapped in time in your body. If you don't move it or, uh, process it in some way. Um, right. I mean, it was so true for me when I first started practicing and started going to therapy, which also happened in the same week in that I would do or master different poses and find myself hysterical on the mat. And like, why, why am I so sad or why am I so happy? And where was it that this part where, how long have I been holding on to this moment in my body? So cut to uh, like building a practice, only really only doing psychoanalysis, uh, hearing my patients talk about what was happening for them physically and that they like the discomfort or, uh, being able to put that discomfort into words. If I asked them where in the body, they felt it and they were able to find it in the body. And what, what would it say if that ache or pain could speak? Like what Mm -hmm. would, what would happen? Um, And being able to put words to it, but then also seeing like the repetition of like that pain coming forward or that wherever the case may be like a pain or discomfort or a lack of not a lack. That's not like where the, the block would be wherever the trauma started to hit the surface where the physical would start to come in as a, um, as a way to keep the patient together, for sure. Like, right. I think the physical body also keeps, helps to keep you from being psychotic. Can, I, so, can I just ask a question real quick? Sure. So when you would ask people, you know, where in your body do you feel this? If things were, you know, like, can you identify what your body is telling you? How common was it for people or, or uncommon for people to be able to feel and identify what was going on in the body as it oh. related to their emotions, feelings, memories, everything. No, no, no. Like until I would put it together, like help them put it together. There was, it was like a disconnect. Like the two were living two separate, two separate lives. Like the mind right. was going one way and the body was like going the other. And you're like, yeah, no, 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 dude, come on. It's all together here. We just like, you brought the body with your mind to, 
today, but <laughs> everywhere, like everywhere you went, you bring it all together and the disconnect of the body, like people can really live outside of their physical being. And you can see, you can literally see it when it starts to integrate, like you can mm -hmm. see the fullness of a person in the room when they're carrying themselves when they're fuller and that's when the feeling states can easily sit in the body without the two practices the, without the integration of these two practices one yes it could happen yes it, but it could take forever right. um <laughs> but there is that integration piece of bringing these embodiment practices together that allows a person to really, I mean, it's a freedom if for lack of anything else, there is a freedom in the movement. There's a freedom in the mind. It allows for more thoughts. It allows for more feelings. It allows for more pleasure. It allows even for a full experience of sadness, um, which then allows for a full, complete morning so that you can move into other stages of your life. I think we get trapped, lots of pe many people, like it, and I also think that there's a misconception that there has to be like an enormous impactful trauma that you don't ever wanna talk about in order for you to be separate from your body. I mean, there's not much in life, I don't think that encourages that integration, right? Yeah. Like much of the way that we live actually discourages the separation of the intellect and the emotional mm -hmm. from the physical. So, so yeah, I, I think that's an important point that it's not like something deep had to happen in order to fracture those right. two things. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. And so I wanted, I mean, and because it is my own experience of being able to bring these two things together, but to be able to bring them together in a way that is accessible to people. And I think that that's the other part is that you got like, I, and then I started to see patients and they like, one would be like, I'm going to this person and I'm going to this person and I'm running over here and I'm going to buy this book and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And like, I didn't know any of these providers for the most part, therapists only work with psychiatrists, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, those are the people on our care team. Um, we don't often work with their primary, with your primary care person. Um, right. we normally just have a conversation and that conversation is really just around medication. It's not like, unless you can get like that unicorn psychiatrist, who's really going to work with you on the, who the person is in the world. And if like where the medication goes and like, you want to have that, that care team. And we work really hard at be well to find psychiatrists who are able to really partner but in that partnership it is it's medication like that's right. it and when you talk about uh you know this I'm, I'm running to this person I'm running to that person it's another form of of that fracturing right of that yeah. like being split apart in all of these different directions and I feel like we've begun to understand this integrative model of care when it comes to physical health, right? Like yeah. we understand what the heart healthy diet is. We understand that diet affects diabetes and can prevent cancer in a, in, in, you know, help prevent cancer in addition to other things, that kind of thing. But I mentioned before that we were going to talk about some of your other super smart ideas. And <laughs> I just, the, you know, I, 
I had never considered that kind of integrative care when it came to mental health until Mm -hmm. you started talking to me about wanting to bring this program to the psychotherapeutic work at Be Well. So I think that that is key. It's cutting edge. It's really forward thinking and really important that there has to be a way of people who are collaborating, care providers who are collaborating, who are talking to each other, who know what each other is doing and what work each other is doing with one particular person, Mm -hmm. really individualized, really tailoring the treatment while knowing what's happening on the physical side, right? Like these wisdom traditions, they already knew that mind, body, spirit are connected, right? Yep. And then over time, it gets, you know, specialized and separated out and all of this stuff. So I applaud you. I'm so excited to be involved in you starting to bring that stuff all back together. And I just want you to talk a little bit about what does integrated mental health care look like, feel like, what's your vision of it? why haven't we been doing this all along? And I think what's interesting is that in your experience, it was integrated because you were doing these two things Mm -hmm. at the same time. So you have the embodied knowledge of that. But yeah, just talk a little bit more about what this integrated mental health care is for you. I think that everybody should have a treatment team. Like I think that, and also that we look at, it's like we do with mental health, every like across the boards everything is pathologized so Mm. in not use in not looking at mental health from a pathological perspective but looking at it as I mean in the new language around taking care and it's new language around taking care of your mental health is self-care and that seeing a therapist does not necessarily mean you're crazy you've never been this person before you weren't this person yesterday. So something new is going to come up and like, how are you going to handle it? What's that going to be like? As we start to really open up our thinking to taking care of mental health and like what services we can provide. And when we give services, and this is always something that has been just like it, the, just even the way that I'm talking about it, we think it's a poverty, it's poverty-based We Mm -hmm. think that it is, it's a poverty mindset that if you have services, you are, you, you need them because you can't take care of yourself. And that's not true. Like, it's like, we all need services. We all need to have a treatment team. If you go to a, a hospital, you get a treatment team, right? But they don't take care of your mental health. So like it, it's mind boggling. Like what we could do, what we, what my hope is, is that with this model is that if we are preventative with our mental health and use and having an integrated system, like the one that we're creating right now is that we like, there are so many things that we won't need to spend money on. (laughs) Like, like, and not that we're going to stop traumas from happening. We're not, but like, if, if these serve, if this is a, the norm and not something that you do because of something like I went to therapy because a good old Larry LaRocca, Mm. because, (laughs) you know, thank God I'm not Diana Gasparoni slash LaRocca. I mean, there is just like, there's something to be said about that, but like, because of that 
fracture in my life that opened a floodgate of other things. Like if I had had language to all the shit that I needed language for at that particular moment, and I had been in my body, like I wasn't in my body. I wasn't able, I allowed myself to be out of my body to be in that relationship. Yeah. So like with this integrative work, we are in the body in and in the mind to have this experience of being human, which is painful. I mean, being human is painful. So like, why not have a care team that, I mean, my yoga teacher never spoke to my therapist. Of course. Right. Right. Because that wouldn't make any sense. But if my patient if I can see in my patient that they need to be grounded, then I'm going to give them this gift, right? right? And like here, there's a gift right here for you integrated into our practice. And I just spoke to somebody this morning who was like, it was the perfect timing. And the best thing that I have ever done for myself was have this accountability to give me the grounding, the breath work, the movement pieces that I needed to move to this next phase of feeling. Right. Which may have come anyway, but was more supported and, um, and maybe more happened a little more efficiently or without so much struggle. Well, without so much struggle, without so much suffering. Right. 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 Like we're going to, I mean, Buddhism came up in the last, (laughs) in my last conversation too, but like the Buddhists say it, life is suffering. We are going to suffer. Like in order to move to the next level of anything, there will be suffering. But that doesn't mean that life sucks. It just means that sometimes we suffer. But in those moments, having something as as wonderful and integrative as being able to talk about it and also being able to really genuinely feel it allows you. And again, I mean, I'm taking this course right now. The underlying theme of the course is psychosis and schizophrenia. Mm. And so as we go through this course and we look at how actual mental health and mental illness is treated, which is a whole episode in itself, Mr. Jackson. Okay. You will do that. You'll do do that. that. However, what we, what our theme is what the ongoing theme throughout the whole thing is being loved and understood. That's it. It's all people want. It's all that it's really all they freaking need. And in this model, it is loving and holding and allows people the opportunity to be held and understood and feel, uh, loved. And that's, that's what I want. Oh, I love that you want that. (laughs) Everyone does deserve that for sure. And that everyone deserves that even if they're not in crisis, right? You mentioned that you came into therapy in crisis, but then you continue in your well care, right? You go to the hospital and you get your, your team of providers, but then you leave the hospital and you are well, and all of a sudden you have no team of providers, right? And you're supposed to do everything. And you're like dumped. Right. You're dumped. And And so you're really doing this amazing service by bringing this and saying, no, you get to choose when you need this support, when you need this accountability, whether you're in crisis or whether you're just like, oh, I'm ready for something more. I'm ready for something new. I feel strong enough to really go into what's happening in my body, what's sitting in there, what's been stuck that I haven't realized. Mm -hmm. And that it becomes this way of engaging, actually doing your life. It's really engaging. And I think that as, I mean, we've both spent time in the 
we both are members of the wellness community (laughs) and and there's a lot of good out there, but there's Mm -hmm. also a lot of seeking and chasing. And I get that. I mean, I get that it's a, it's a, it's part of being human again, but there is, I mean, we just, we interesting that you, I got to give you all of my, like my labels, Pitta, Kapha, Virgo, blah, blah, blah. But I am like, like as a person, I am an earth bound person. I am a grounded earthbound person. Yes. And that same Sarah Tomlinson that you referenced earlier <laughs> said, referred to as a rock when she found out I was working with you. <laughs> oh, Sarah. Um, that's very kind. And in, in that, that feeling that I have of groundedness, I didn't always have it. And I remember when I well, I, re- I also remember almost to the moment, probably not the day because I'm bad with time, that I knew that I was integrated. Mm. Like I could feel it. And I think everybody should experience that feeling because, and if, if there's any way I can get people to that help to facilitate that I want to help facilitate that for as many as many people as I possibly can because there is a feeling in that integration that you that I I can only speak for myself that I finally felt safe in myself mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not what pe- not for the most part what people feel no it is mm-hmm. not and the 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 not knowing or not being able to connect is really scary because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, what's going to be in there? You know, what's going to be in there if I go looking? You were just, you know, I was listening to the podcast that you and Adnisha did with, you know, about my first time in therapy and everything. And there's that fear of like, what's like, what, what am I going to find out if I actually start talking and, and wondering and asking these questions, same as true with the physical and so that you have yep. this uh that your t- your support team your care team to be like okay you took that step we're gonna stop and feel it now yeah and you're gonna go and you're gonna talk to diana and you're gonna talk about you know keep processing this in therapy then you're gonna come back here and we're gonna take another look and we're gonna see what's there it's moving things forward but at this very human mm-hmm pace that gives time for the feeling part of it, I think is, is a really cool thing about therapy and a really cool thing about what we're doing with Indigo 108 too. Yeah. I'm super, 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 super excited about it and hoping, uh, real, not hoping, looking forward to when it really starts to catch on. And as we start to like move through language and to, help people to understand. And this podcast will obviously help people understand what we're really setting out to do. One of my, I have multi, I have, I, everybody's got pet peeves about their industries and like all the things like in the two industries I can like ping back and forth, but in, all right, give me the tea, give me the tea. What's well your in the peeve? mental, in mental health. I mean, we're all like, it's always a thing, right? There's insurance companies, there's all that stuff and like how to pay for whatever. But in that there's uh, the whole language, there's a lot of language around evidence-based practice. Right. And that in the evidence-based practice, you should be able, like, it's like, can you name that tune in five notes? Can you fix, quote unquote, fix this person in 10 sessions. Can you do it in 12? Can you do it in six months? Well, why are they still here? You have Mm -hmm. to justify for me why this person is still here. And I, I mean, I do it. Right. 
I write the notes <laughs> um, so that people can use their insurance to go to therapy because I think that that's important. Yeah. Um, and also it's because it's because of the way we look at, we have been taught to look at therapy. We only think we think insurance, right? Because we think, because we're programmed to believe that there's something wrong with us. If we go to therapy, instead of it being preventive to start. So there's that. So like, right. that's why it's attached to your insurance. That being said, I'm not going to be able to change that model in this lifetime, but I <laughs> talk about that. But in that conversation, I personally don't think people need to be fixed. Right. <laughs> so I'm like you can come and we can talk till the cows come home for the rest of your life because it's in the relationship with the therapist that the person heals. They weren't 100%. broken. They, yes. they heal and they explore and they learn about themselves. And this model of integration allows to really experience and be in the healing and the curiosity, which I think is really important. I believe so we that have, the two go hand in hand. And then we have the evidence-based and we have the experiential. Right. A big thank you for listening to the Indigo 108 Be Real Takeover. If you liked what we discussed and want to get some health coaching for accessing your full vitality, you can sign up for a free consultation by going to bewellpsychotherapy.com forward slash Indigo 108 or clicking the link in the show notes. And you can do your Indigo 108 personalized program virtually from wherever you are in the world. Indigo 108 and Be Well Psychotherapy have you covered for 360 degrees of body, mind, well-being. One of my ideas for my podcast takeover is to end every podcast episode with a short practice, with an experience that the listeners can have when they're listening, they can have it to take with them. It should be simple enough that they can take with it. I'm calling it the portable practice. Oh, I love it. The one that I had picked out for today, you spoke really eloquently about this idea already. And so hopefully this will give people a chance to, to sort of try this out and feel into mm -hmm. the body and see what, what comes up see what they're able to access and feel in the body. So would you, would you do a little portable practice with me to end the episode? I most certainly will. All right. If you are sitting for the listeners, find your comfortable seat. If you are driving or something while you're listening to this, of course, you will not close your eyes. I, um, I just dropped my seat so I could ground my feet on the floor. Good. So you'll find your feet on the floor. You'll find your seat in the seat. This can also be done um, walking. I love to do movement while I'm trying to get in touch with what's going on emotionally in my body, I think, or, or even like listening to podcasts and doing movement and sort of letting the words and the ideas settle into my body in a different way that it wouldn't if I was just being still. So if you're moving, keep moving. If you're still drop into the stillness. And if it's comfortable for you, you can either close your eyes or soften your gaze downward. And then take a moment and see if you can notice your breathing and know that your body knows how to breathe without any effort or instruction from you. It is an expert breather. And so you'll just watch your body breathe for a moment. 
feel your body breathe if that's available. And then bring your attention a little bit, maybe deeper into your body, lower into your body, and notice where in your body you are feeling your breath the most. And if you're not able to feel the breath in your body, imagine where you might feel your breath if that were possible. So it might be somewhere in the chest, it might be down in the abdomen, it may not be somewhere that physiologically makes sense, like the left foot or something like that. But where are you noticing your breath in your body? And then hold your attention there at that place in your body and notice if there are any sensations that you can name that are there in that part of your body. So it might be fluttery, it might be tight, it might be expansive, grumbly, whatever, any, any of the sensations. See if you can name them. And you may even be feeling contradictory sensations like tight and free or something and know that your body has the ability to hold those contradictory sensations. Just take a moment to feel those sensations there. And if your mind wanders from that part of your body, just gently guide it back. Or if it goes to a different part of your body where you're like, oh, actually, I'm feeling this part of my body more. Let, let it go there. And then along with the sensations you're feeling with the breath that you may be feeling, maybe there are emotions, feelings, ideas, memories that are there in that part of your body as well. So become sensitive to noticing and maybe even naming what emotions or ideas or thoughts are there. And again, these may be contradictory. And know that you have the capacity to hold those contradictions. It's not out of the ordinary or not the way it's supposed to be. And you might even notice along with the breath, the sensations, the emotions, uh, feeling of resistance or wanting to push away or deny or hang on to any of these things. Also just notice that included in the, in the pot of contradictions that you're feeling. And take one more moment to just feel how much your body can hold. And then Notice the ground underneath you, outside of your body. 
the ground that's holding you and everything that you're holding. And you can let the chin drop down a little bit. And if the eyes are closed, you can open the eyes and look at a specific point in front of you. And then you can widen your gaze and let a little more light or color in. And then you can lift the chin and notice what you're seeing in front of you. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.